This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. Today, thanks to host Molly... Yep. That's me. Uh, we are talking about box graters. Did this, this fell out of the salad spinner episode, I think, I think right? it did. We were spinning some salad and a box grater And that grater box grater fell, fell out of it. God, salad spinners are magical. It's, it's like, another one of those, one of those quantum mechanical mishaps. Mm-hmm. Like the, 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 the fabric, multi dimensions, the fabric of the. The multiverse. The multiverse. The fabric of the multiverse. The fabric of the multiverse. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's fraying. If you haven't noticed. It is. Have you read The Sea of Tranquility? No. Oh, so it's kind of about the multiverse. Okay. That's great. Uh, I started to read- It's Emily St. John Mandel's latest. Okay. I should read that. You should. Um, Does she have any other books? Just kidding. Uh, Okay. Okay. I'm going to start us off. Please. I don't think I have ever lived in a home without a box grater my entire life. Me neither. Um, Mm. So my parents had a box grater when I was growing up and it was really sharp. Like it was not- would it have been made of steel? Like it I think was steel. Yeah, it was not shiny. It was not stainless. It would rust if you oh, if you didn't wash yeah. it quickly enough. So you can imagine whatever that was. Like that's that's the sharp metal, right? That's the good metal. I know what you mean. I feel like we may have had that as well. I remember. I remember like growing up, our box grater not being shiny like this. Mm-hmm. And I also remember the sound. Uh, it, it made a particular sound when you grated like a carrot or something against the large grating oh, holes. Oh, yeah. I love that sound. That was a bit different from the sound that my grater makes oh. now. It was like a little bit of a tinnier sound. Interesting. Anyway, Maybe it was made I, of tin. I think my mom still has this box grater. I didn't stop over and ask. But um, it is the best box grater you I've ever encountered. And uh, oh, that's right. You do occasionally text yeah, my mom. Sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, in my senior year of college, I lived in an apartment for the first time. Okay. And I remember going to Ikea, uh, which, you know, was like brand new and so exciting. I used to love going to Ikea and like the thought of the, the thought of going to Ikea now, like for like a fun outing, no. <laughs> like even pandemic aside, like feels like, oh, mm-hmm. it's I guess it's like when they stopped letting me go into the ball pit. Yeah. That's when I lost my interest. <laughs> uh, we went to Ikea and stocked my little kitchen in this apartment complex on campus called Miralees. 
It was like the last building to be renovated on okay. campus. It was gnarly. Anyway, I got a little box grater at Ikea, and that thing was always a piece of crap. Mm, okay. Granted, this was over 20 years ago. I have gotten rid of that one. Now I have one that is shiny metal. It does not have a brand on it. I have no idea where I got it. And I've had it for at least a decade, and I love it. Is it similar to the one that I have here? It is very similar to the one that you have. It's got the classic four sides. It's tall. It does not have like a fancy base that catches things as you grate them. And mine, I think the handle at the top is metal. It's not like ergonomic in any way. Right. Mine neither. And it totally gets the job done. Okay. So this is the second Amster Burton family box grater. The first one, I, I had written that it was a wedge. Wedding present, but then when I was talking about it with wife of the show Lori this morning, she said no, it wasn't really a wedding present. It was like a wedding hand me down mm. because around the time we got married, uh, Lori's aunt Susan was moving like across country mm-hmm. and sent us some kitchen stuff that wasn't going to make the move, okay. which uh, which was great. Okay. Uh, and one of the things in there was a used box grater that still had many years of life in it. And we used it for maybe 10 years and it did eventually break. As I recall, How I think like one of the we- one of the corner welds gave out. Okay. And so, so that like you got like a gash down down the corner. Yeah. And then we replaced it with exactly the same model. OK. And, and that's it, what again, we're looking it at. It doesn't now. have a brand name. I think we got it at like City Kitchens, which was a, a kitchen store mm-hmm. in Seattle that that used to exist downtown. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was probably less than $10. Have you ever replaced a box? Well, it sounds like I know the answer to this. But so what you're saying is this box grader that I'm looking at right now is quite old. This one is you- at least 15 years old. Okay. Yeah. I think mine is close to 15 years old, yeah. too, if not 15 years old. And it's interesting because I wonder how much better one might be if I, like, replaced it. I've wondered this, too. And I... I kind of feel like for me, like I, I could understand like, you know, needing needing like a more ergonomic handle or if you have like uh, certain grading needs that the four sides of this don't fulfill. But I really only use one side of it. Mm-hmm. This feels like a perfectly engineered kitchen utensil to me. Like it's hard to imagine under what circumstances I might need something other than this well, or even or even like appreciate something other than this. I think also that the thing for me is that I have never had a box grater get so dull that I noticed it was dull. Yeah. Because the other thing is you're not, you know, you're not grading stuff on here to like be beautiful, right? Like when I if I I mean I grate things to to make me beautiful. <laughs> but like if I were going to grate carrots or something, if I want them to be gorgeous, I don't know. I mean, like the food processor make food processor yeah. makes more of um like a perfect like julienne. a matchstick, yeah. Right. This creates a true shred that is like thinner at each end, right? A true shred would be a great name for like a like an extreme <laughs> sports show, right? Um, it would have to get really dull for me to notice that it was not yeah. an effective box grater. Anymore. I I had this experience recently where where I replaced my microplane, which we had had for like 20 years probably and i was so excited that like the new microplane was going to be noticeably sharper yeah not really okay i've <laughs> been thinking about replacing mine and i haven't yeah okay well hold on so but yeah. let, let's talk about this Please. so uh are you gonna are you gonna share with me the history of the box grader i've not even looked at this agenda <laughs> <laughs> oh my god oh my god <laughs> <laughs> 
I just copied and pasted a lot of stuff from the internet into the agenda. So basically, the history of Wikipedia is pretty scant, okay? What we call a cheese grater, the modern cheese grater, was invented in France in the 1540s by François Boulier. How do we know that? I don't know. Okay. But he made it out of pewter. I feel like this guy wrote a book called I Am the Inventor of the Cheese Grater. I think that this guy was like, I have invented something great that people will always need but will never be excited about, and I want to be known for it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I think, yeah, Boulier, more like bully shit. Wow, that's a good one, dude. Wow, that was one of your best ones. Okay. Anyway, so. All right, I'd like to announce my retirement. So, according to Wikipedia, he made this thing in order to, like, make hard cheeses edible. How hard were the cheeses? I know, back right? Then? Right? Okay. Like, but, if they weren't, why were they making them? If they, I guess, if, I guess, like, like they were needed for preservation, and yes, that was, like, the primary of goal. But, of course. Okay. And then you had to be able to, like, get some off, get get a chip off the old block you, know, you needed to get some yeah you needed to get a true shred yes okay anyway culture magazine however has a little bit more information so they they credit both François Boulier and Isaac Hunt. No okay. explanation of who that is. Probably not um, French, though. With inventing the cheese grater in the both in the 1540s. Okay. Okay. It was, so it was like a thing where like like it was just in the air. It was like, just in the air. Yeah. yeah. It was like the like the bubonic plague. <laughs> oh God. Wait, that wasn't in the air, right? That was by contact. I think so. Or did Bubos like release things? This is what we're going to talk about on our show now. Okay, yeah, I think I think they release like a miasma. Okay, perfect, <laughs> great. Anyway, so uh, Francois Boulier was in France again. We definitely know he made it from pewter. I don't know why we know this, but anyway, according to Culture Magazine, he made it to help households stretch budgets and take advantage of excess cheese, which aged rapidly. <laughs> okay, I. I I have many questions. <laughs> about excess cheese. About, like this And cheeses that age rapidly. I mean like Parmesan, like that stuff, uh, you want that to age for like a couple of years. Yeah. How fast is it aging? Was time moving faster back then? And did did they have Parmesan like from Italy that got imported into I guess they oh, probably did. I don't know. Maybe uh, they had But like okay, first of all, like are there French hard cheese like like extra hard cheese? What like cuz like cheddar is like a hard cheese. Like what do you call like like a grana, like well, a grating cheese? Well, I think of cheddar cheese. as a semi-firm. Okay. Uh, I don't know if that's right, but I think of it as a semi-firm. Okay. Are there are there is there a French equivalent to like a parmesan? So there are a variety of hard cheeses uh in France, but I'm not actually sure if any of them are French. Like I'm thinking for one thing of mimolette, which is a very hard cheese, but Yeah, I, that's true. I'm not sure if it's actually French or if it's Swiss or something. Okay. Well, any anyway, so like so people were it sounds like people were just like accumulating so much excess cheese oh, yeah. and it was becoming like a storage problem. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Anyway, and yet despite despite having like tons of excess cheese in their cheese garage, they also needed to like stretch their budgets. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause I'm sure they were talking about budgets in the 1540s. Maybe. Bougies. Um, anyway, <laughs> apparently, uh, this is also according to culture magazine during the great depression when food was scarce and home cooks were trying to maybe like make dishes look more ample than they were. Okay. <laughs> Do you think a lot of home cooks were busy doing this? Like sort of trying to floof their dishes to make them look more full than they were. Uh, yeah, I think, yeah, they were, they were in the, the twenties were a time of like ma- making Floofing. things look more ample. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Apparently during this time, Jeffrey Taylor of Philadelphia heard of Boulier's invention and made his own 
improved okay. cheese grater by sharpening the holes of a metal shower drain. Oh my God. Okay. I have two questions. You know exactly what they're going to be. Number one, he heard of Boulier's invention 380 years later. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, hey, I heard that this guy in France invented <laughs> invented uh, some kind of cheese pulverizing device. Mm-hmm. And this is going to, this is going to save us. I guess, I guess like, okay. To the, I guess first of all they didn't have the internet yet, so so sure. news traveled slowly. Yep, like uh, they just heard about the French Revolution. Well, you know they probably sent a lot of graders over like on carrier pigeons, but they just didn't make it like across the Atlantic. <laughs> Plunk. You know, like picture like Hedwig or or. Urkel or whatever his name was. I, I got picturing Steve Urkel from Family Matters trying to fly while what holding was, a really heavy cheese grater. What was the name of the really like uh, so, sort of ditzy owl? I don't the, care. It's Urkel. The, no. <laughs> it's fucking Urkel, man. Uh, no, that the, the come on that the Weasleys had, who was like always flying into windows and stuff like that. Do you remember? I do remember, but like if I ever remembered the name, it's been absolutely wiped by the idea by this image of Steve Urkel, like with with some sort of fly like a jetpack that he invented yeah, but also box but, but yeah that, that like he invented a, a, like the world's first working jetpack <laughs> and used it to deliver graders <laughs> and and uh, and he did it he attached the the jetpack to his body with his suspenders of uh, course yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. and laura is still not impressed um okay. wait was that the name of the girl was that the name of the girl i don't know i think so okay. that's what came to mind so. okay anyway yeah i you're... watched every episode of that show but not since it originally aired okay but hold on but your other question was was the shower drain used of course yeah of course it was you think he just had a shower that's drain true. Like, lying back, around not the depression. using it like, like they didn't have like extra shower drains okay so yeah okay so uh, you know uh, just wipe a little have, bit of the hair off it we have a lot of questions and then start sharpening about where this this thing came from and i didn't find any information about the actual like box grater you know yeah like when did that start but right? i i did find some thoughts from wire cutter that helped me kind of understand w- what the advantages were of a box grader over other types i i feel like i can kind of intuit what they are but i want to see if if i if i'm intuiting correctly okay this episode so, brought to you by intuit makers of quickbooks so you know this is definitely like a a multi-tool this is the kitchen multi-tool this is the kitchen multi-tool yeah, yeah. So, you know, you could use it for like shredding vegetables like potatoes, like to make hash browns or carrots. You could also use it to grate Parmesan. You could use it to grate ginger. You could do these things in a food processor, too, obviously. Yeah. But the but food that, processor... that came later than a box grater, I'm sure, Well, right? sure. And the food, the food processor has more parts that you've got to clean. Yeah. It also, like, takes longer to set up. Can I tell you something about it my requires food processor? Like, hold on. I'm not done. Okay. It also, so the box grater works well for preparing like smaller amounts of food than, okay. than a food yeah. processor. Okay. And also it has, it also keeps things from getting super messy because yeah. it contains whatever it is that you're grating. I sort of imagine that maybe the box grater started out by only having a grater on one side, just, just for the advantages of like containing yeah. the grated items and yes. stand like, you know, being stable. And then they realized, Oh, we could like put more graters on the other sides that people will never use. I mean, of course. So prior to, to, you know, microplanes becoming like all the rage, I of course used this for grating parm 
Parmesan and stuff like that on the smaller side. Yeah. Now, okay, let's but, let's get into this. But hold on. Okay, so just just to to sort of get the lay of the land. In addition to box graters, there there used to be rotary graters. Do you remember a rotary I cheese have a rotary grater? Cheese grater. My, I use it sometimes for Parmesan. Oh, why would you use that over this? I don't know. It's it's because nostalgia. It's fun. Maybe nostalgia. I mean, like. We had yeah, one when I was little. Really work better. Yeah, uh, yeah. No, I don't have a good answer. <laughs> okay. Well, so there's rotary graters. I'll tell you what. If you want to like grate a bunch of parmesan like over a dish, like like the rotary grater is better. I get that. Okay, I get that because you can grate it directly on, and you don't have to like like grate it and then like pick it up and put it on. I get <laughs> which that. is so much work. Well. <laughs> Okay, so there's so there's the rotary grater, there's a box grater, and then there's a grater that uh, we might call like a flat grater. Yeah, which is the worst kind. <laughs> which is the worst kind, um, and those have been around for a really long time, right? Like prior that's, to that's my probably like I mean, like if you think about a shower drain, right? That cover, was like a flat grater. That's flattish. Yeah. And then there is, I think, of like the fourth type might be called a rasp grater. So it's the st- It's a style that has a handle. Yeah. Meant to be held aloft, not like rested on a cutting board, like you might with a flat. Although you, you can like hold it with the tip of the rasp, tilt it down well, toward the cutting board. I do true. that sometimes. I mean, I do think that the the beauty of a rasp style grater that you can just hold in your hand like that is that you can grate cheese over something. I'm like sorry. It, I'm... <laughs> wait, you can grate cheese or like citrus zest or nutmeg citrus over zest. something. Yeah, that's true. Like you, it is a pain in the ass to hold a box grater. Yeah, no, it's up just not made and for gra- that. No, it's it's meant to be used like on a countertop. Do you think? Who is the American guy? Jeffrey Taylor of Philadelphia. What other things in his house do you think he tried grating cheese on before alighting on the shower train cover? Mm. Like, I'm wondering, like, maybe he had, like, a stubbly face and tried his own face. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. Maybe they probably, probably like, toothbrushes back then were really r- rough and, and stiff. Yeah. Maybe he tried, like, a washboard. They, oh, yeah. Absolutely. Because a washboard is basically a big rasp. It's Yeah. Like, really big teeth. Yeah. So basically, I reach for this thing. I, I have a microplane, you know, the rasp style. I think even in a drawer somewhere, I have a flat grater. Mm-hmm. I never reach for the flat grater. If I want to use something with that size holes, the box grater, the small yeah. grating hole. It works is, really well. Now, yeah. can I ask you now, do you ever use ah. this side of the box grater that has like the little, what I do you call, even call this? I call this? this the rasp side. Yeah. Okay. It's it's raspy. Like it, Does that do anything? Yes. So it reduces cheese to like a powder. Okay. So for instance, when I am making meatballs, when I'm making meatballs and I want the cheese to just like dissolve into the meat, I do really like using this side. And I learned this from, um, from Cafe Lago. That makes sense. Because in their, in their meatball, they use really, really finely, finely ground. I feel like I maybe like had a bad experience with that side of the grater once, like either involving the mafia or just like grating my knuckles and like shy away from it. That side is terrifying. Yeah, but maybe I need to like face my fears head on and like put my head on the grater and and give it another try. (laughs) I think it, you know, the truth is I don't use that side very often, but if you are looking for... Or even, God, you know when you go to like an old 
when in in the old times uh the, when you might wait, you mean the 1540s or the 1920s um more like the 1860s okay when you would go to let's say like a fancy italian restaurant okay yeah okay? i remember like, let's say your grandfather well. was in town and they would bring around a little shallow bowl of parmesan with a spoon yeah have you ever been to a restaurant mm-hmm. that did that yeah that would be like rasped yeah, parmesan. Okay. That makes sense. Do you see what I'm saying? Like it has a nice melting okay. ability. I, I'm going to try Meltability. this sometime soon. Yeah. I use the box grater at least like three times a week, probably Me too. more. Me too. Like, you know, anytime if I'm, if I'm shredding some cheddar for a grilled cheese or uh, enchiladas or like a quesadilla, like I use it for a mm, lunch quesadilla absolutely. all the time. Absolutely. Or mozzarella, like cheddar and mozzarella. Those see the most box grater action in my house. I do use the uh, the little hole side for Parmesan, not the rasp side. Too scary. So wait, you don't use a microplane for Parmesan? I sometimes use a microplane for Parmesan. It depends. Like I will get out the microplane if I just want to like, like uh, you know, grate a little bit over some pasta that I'm about to eat. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if I'm going to use it as an ingredient, I uh-huh. like the microplane is too slow. Ah, God, that's a really good point. When I make like cacio e pepe and I need a lot of grated Parmesan or pecorino, I have still tended to use the microplane, but my hand gets tired and I wind up like resting the tip of it on the cutting board and then it like gouges the cutting board. But don't you think that that, like the pieces here don't melt as well as they would from a microplane? Yeah, probably. But I don't know if I I should like compare sometime. Does anyone has anyone in the history of the world ever used the slicer I was side just gonna ask of a that. box grater? Let's try it right now. This is our show and we can do whatever we want. And I have some cheese in my house. It's excess cheese. Uh, great. Well, that's what this grater is for. This episode is brought to you by Town Place Suites by Marriott. Whether you're traveling for work, need a place to stay while your home is being remodeled, or maybe you're just enjoying a relaxing week away, well, Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the comforts of home. Yeah, so they've got a full kitchen. Uh, they've got you can borrow appliances like if you want a blender or a slow cooker while you're traveling you can borrow it no charge <laughs> uh-huh so like you could invite your friends or your coworkers over for like a post meeting drink you can bring your pet you, totally allowed. Oh, I love this. Oh, I see. They even have special pet items you yep. can use. And they have the built-in Alpha closet system. Nothing makes me happier <laughs> when I am traveling and I have like a place to put away my clothes. Mm-hmm. Molly has seen what happens when I don't have a place to put away my clothes. Nobody wants to see nobody, that. Nobody. Nobody. Yeah. So like a whole closet system where I can really like unpack for reals. I am down. Well, this is made for you then. And this is Town Place Suites by Marriott. Town Place Suites by Marriott has all the amenities you need to feel at home during your stay. Find the comforts of home at Town Place Suites. Go there with Marriott Bonvoy. Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Matthew, can I talk for a minute about how box graders are made? Yes, please. Mm, Okay. Oh, actually, no, wait. Let's do this first. I noticed that there are three slicing holes. I was so, so confused by that. Okay. I think you really only need one. Okay, do we have six slices now, now that you went down all- No, no, like, like, (laughs) somehow came up with four. We have, like, (laughs) chips of cheese. Oh, wait, wait, no, there's one, no- that didn't go as badly as it could have. But under what circumstances would you do that? 
I mean, because they're not going to be like regular slices. Um, Maybe you're somebody who like, I know that you and I both like to grate cheese that we are using in a grilled cheese or a quesadilla. Maybe there are some people out there who really prefer to slice cheese. And this is a way to reliably thinly slice cheese. Look how thin this slice is. So that's pretty satisfying, right? Yeah, I'm still never going to use it again. That's wow. interesting. That's that's going to be the one time in my entire life that I use the, the slicey side of the box grater. Wow. It really makes you think. Matthew, if you go before me, I'm going to give a eulogy, whether, you're, whether your family wants it or not. Okay, I want, I want you to put this in writing. I want, I want you, at my funeral, you, you have to talk about the one time, how you were there, <clears throat> the one time. You used the slicing side of the box grater. Uh-huh. I'll never forget it. And I want you to talk about that, and also um, about the time we went to the nude beach and how like my junk looked great. You looked fantastic. <laughs> no, all of you. Thank don't, you. Uh, yeah, you can you can just like take this and you can you can think on it on a rainy day. You looked great. Okay, but I want you I want you up there on the what what do they call the 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 plinth? The, the dais. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I want you up on that dais, banging my gavel. Yeah, I want. If you need to like draw a picture, go for it. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. Question. I know you have more to say about box graders, and I will definitely be listening and not interrupting. When you grate on like the main side, yeah, of the of the box grater, the big hole side. Do you find it satisfying to like go up there with your hand and like knock off the the strands of cheese? I that do, are still... but I always wish I didn't have to. Like I, I don't like that I have to get my hand dirty using a box grater. Um, I wish there were a way to do it where I didn't have to get dirty. Does that make your hand dirty? Well, if cheese makes your hand feel kind of like a little greasy, gummy. yeah. I think that for me, the big downside of a box grater is I hate cleaning it. Even though it never like snags the sponge like I think it's going I to. I just throw mine in the dishwasher. I wash mine by hand. Interesting. Because well, this like... has been through the dishwasher hundreds of times. And really? look at it. Look upon its majesty. Well, and it hasn't gotten any duller. I mean, I feel no. like anything that has a cutting surface, I don't want to. I know what you mean, but like I could I could prove to you right now that this is still sharp as a tack. How, okay, so the other thing is we probably run our dishwasher maybe every third day. And I feel like if I just, if mm-hmm. I grated cheddar on that and left the cheddar on it in the dishwasher, it's going to get a fair point. We run crusty. our dishwasher pretty much every day. And when, whenever I have reached for the grater and it wasn't there because it was in the dishwasher, I was like, uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And I don't like feeling that way. My favorite thing is if I've just grated cheese on the, the big hole side, Okay. the ideal scenario is that there are some dishes in the sink already, mm-hmm. one of them that is large enough to hold the box grater. Oh, interesting. And I can put the box grater dirty side down into this vessel that already okay. has soapy water in it, and then the cheese like gets nice and loose, and then it's super easy to clean. Okay, two things. First of all, I like that you said that this is your favorite thing. <laughs> And secondly, uh, I really appreciate your use of the phrase dirty side down, which like I'm going to figure that out a way to work that into conversation later today. Mm-hmm. Matthew, I met someone recently <laughs> okay. who keeps a dirty bed in their house and then a bed for sleeping. Oh, my God. And they okay, don't, I want to hear about this and then I want to tell you a story. And they only use the dirty bed for sex and like playtime and they use the clean bed only for sleeping. I mean that sounds very bourgeois. 
I, I don't. I I, mean, I'm not totally opposed to the idea. I mean, idea. like, sex is messy, but it is not that messy. And I mean, I, I mean, it depends what you're doing, I guess. Well, I know, but like, but, put a towel down. Yeah, but like, are you that worried about like sleeping? And I mean, uh, no, I'm. I'm not. But I, I can't. I can't decide whether I like this idea or not. Like something. Something about it. Like it just seems like it might be fun to have like the special, the special fun bed, the happy fun bed. <laughs> But but it's also nice to make the regular bed the happy fun bed. I mean, so, like, the good you... news is like I'm never gonna have to figure this out because like we certainly don't have room for another bed. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Well, moving right along. Okay. Wait. So so um, I have to tell you a, a similar oh, yeah. story though. Okay, sorry. So I was swapping like uh, roommate like funny roommate stories with uh, with friends at work. I think it was Kathleen. Like, shout out to my coworker, Kathleen, I think was the person who told this story. Um, if, if someone else, I apologize uh, for slighting you. It absolutely blew everyone else's story out of the water. So Kathleen had a, a roommate who didn't like getting into bed where when they had been like, you know, s- sleeping like sweatily and like then getting back into bed with their own cold sweat. Right? Sure. Um, sure. But – did was lazy like didn't want to like have to be doing like washing their bedding all the time so the solution they came up with was to put like 12 flat sheets on their bed and have like designated sections like between these two sheets is like medium clean and between these two is like just showered can't get into like you know zone four unless i've just showered and then like this is like like you know zone one over here is like the real gnarly one and Hold on, just wait, keep... wouldn't they just keep removing fittage? If they put like 12 on, wouldn't they just keep removing them as You they... would think so, but it sounded like they had, they kept them all on for a while and just knew like which, between which pairs of sheets were, was like which level of filth. Wait, but were they... It doesn't, it doesn't make any sense. Go ahead. So they like, they come back from working out and know like last time I came back from working wait, out. Wait, did I... they, did they keep extra flat sheets on too? Or just fitted, because I, I don't understand. Oh, did I say fitted? I meant flat. Oh! Sorry. You said, I think oh, you said fitted. Okay, that would be wild. <laughs> oh, my God. Now, okay, now so flat sense. sheets. So, now this so they, makes they, sense. they had formed, like, a series of pockets, and some were, like, dirty pockets, and some were clean pockets. And they knew which pocket to climb into if they had just showered or just got back from the gym or anywhere in between. I mean, humans are endlessly It's, it's, it's genius and terrifying, terrifying and, like... It was so good. Like, wow! I just, just like having having heard this story, you know, just I just like felt good the I rest mean, of the day. I guess I'm just like a filthy pig because I oh I, I don't do, care at all. No, no, no. Hold on, I do sweat a lot at night, and so does my spouse. I think it's a side effect of our antidepressants. Sure. Anyway, I do sweat a lot at night, and I just we change our sheets like once a week. So I'm just sleeping in my own filth for like six of the seven nights. Yeah, yeah, same, same here, and it's fine. That's what showers are for. Yeah, I don't care. Okay, great, perfect. (laughs) Just, just setting that up. Okay, wait, but now let's finally talk about how box graders are made. Yes, please. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to condense this. Okay, so these holes that are on all around (laughs) in the multiverse. Okay, yeah, wormholes. Okay. Uh, no, the holes on all the sides of the grater are made in one of three ways: either okay. stamping, etching, or a combination of the two. Okay. All right. I think so, I think I might know what this means. So, in stamping, the holes are like mechanically punched out of a metal sheet, a steel sheet. Okay? I think that's what we're looking at here. Right? Okay, that seems to be. Um, and and the side of the hole that protrudes 
catches the food and forces it against the edge to shear it apart. Yep. That's what we're looking at right there. Okay. It's uh, there's really a lot of a lot of shearing going on. There is. Okay. Um, Etching uses a chemical process to corrode thinner, more flexible sheets I'm just thinking of metal, out loud. creating very sharp, fine teeth that catch and shave off pieces of food. So that's if you buy, like, you can buy a microplane brand box grater, and it's good. That's that's what microplane is all about. Etching, I think. Oh, okay. So etched teeth might be preferable to stamped holes because they're sharper, but they're also like trade off with trade offs with this. Apparently, I think they probably are uh, less durable. Yes, and apparently the the more rigid surfaces of of stamped sheets uh, produce like more uniform shreds. I okay, guess. that makes sense. Yeah, and, 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 and uniform etched... shreds are really important to me. Like, oh, I don't God, think anything's too. more important. Me too. So, uh... so how do they fold it into a box? I don't know. Okay, great. Okay, <laughs> okay just, Matthew. Just wait. they just like I'm a really strong person. So we we have over the years accumulated like some camping gear. Mm-hmm. I've seen some of it. Yeah, and last year I decided to finally. I have a real like people who are really good at camping and who are like who just people like me make it look really easy and enjoyable. You know, they have like dedicated like a de- like dedicated kitchen gear. Okay. Right. Yeah, yeah. Like like my friends, the Rehas have basically a metal, I mean, a, a plastic tub, like a plastic storage bin that is their camping kitchen, basically. And yeah. it has like all, spoons and all the stuff that's dedicated to that. And in the past, I've been like, why would I spend money to have like two box graders? Mm-hmm. Why would I do this? Last summer, I finally went out and like fully equipped our camp kitchen. So now we have like a measuring cup. We have a box grater. We have like tongs, all this stuff dedicated in the camping kitchen anyway you're gonna get another bed next i can feel it but anyway when i went to fred meyer to purchase these these tools i wound up getting a box grater that is full size which because i hate using small box graters i don't understand the point so i went ahead and got a full size box grater but i got one that had like a base on the bottom or like a triangular one with a ball i don't understand i hate that it's um, not the same shape as a as a Tillamook baby loaf. Like well, this grater is perfectly sized for yes. a Tillamook baby loaf, well, the perfect shape of also, cheese. Also, I want to be able to get my hand all the way yes. up the inside of it. If you've got like a pyramid-shaped one, you can't do that. Yeah, if you've got a pyramid-shaped one, like get that <laughs> Who ch- are checked you? out. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the one that I bought, like a lot of box graters today come with a base that's like a yeah. cap that fits on it mm-hmm. that catches the food. Sometimes it even has measurements on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've seen that. That has So it has like a plastic side? That yep. has, yeah, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I bought one that, that has that. and it, Did it change your life? Uh, it was fine. Okay. I, I enjoyed it for camping because actually uh, I could, it actually had like a full on like little Tupperware. Like oh, there's nice. like a little like a little rectangular vessel that sits up inside the box That's grater cute. with a, a lid. So you can actually grate directly into that vessel if you take it off and put it on the bottom. Okay. And I did like that, especially for camping when like it's really useful to have a couple like Tupperwares that are easily stashed away. Yeah, I got to say, like, I have come around a lot on the idea of like having more than one of something. Yeah. So uh, my box grater at home does not have a cap on the bottom or anything like that. And I really don't care. But 
I think it's great that a lot of them come with it these I days. Think it, I think it's great, too. Great. Okay. <laughs> but um, I'm still not going to go out and get one. Uh, Matthew, are there any things that you grate on yours that we haven't discussed? I don't think so. It's really, really three things, as far as I can think of. Cheese, carrots for making coleslaw, and potatoes for making hash browns. And that's about it. Yep. For me, it's cheese. Onions. I will, I will oh, grate onions yeah. For there's this one recipe that I think we've talked about on the show before. That's like a uh, like a uh, yeah I know because because Abby asked me for the link so it must have been we must have talked about it on the show for like a uh, pork or chicken dombury that mm-hmm. uh, is made with a sauce that has a lot of grated onion in it. I yep. will grate that on the box grater. Very satisfying. Like if I'm uh, making marinade for bulgogi or something, yeah, you, I would grate the Asian pear. The yes, apple yes, on there. I will do that yep. too on the like on the small hole side. I use mine for cheddar and mozzarella. Yeah. I also I use mine for mine Jack as well. In the summer, one of my favorite like kind of go-to potluck things is to bring like ranch dip. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, Hidden Valley Ranch powder, uh, one packet to uh, a pint of sour cream. Sure. And then great um, cucumber into that. Oh, that sounds like, even though I don't like that sort of thing, that does sound appealing on like a hot day. Yeah, it's delicious. And again, like something that you could like take on a camping trip. Yeah. Anyway, and a box grater is great for that. In fact, uh, my friend Natalie, who introduced me to the concept of grating cucumber into a ranch dip like that, she once like showed up at Lake Washington one afternoon when we met up there with our young children and she had brought like a cucumber and a box grater nice. and a thing of daisy sour cream and like anyway. And you <laughs> looked around great. and like everybody had on all of their picnic blankets had box, had a, graders. Had box graders. They were yeah. all grading different things. It was just a beautiful tableau and it you was, painted an it, impressionist painting. I did. I did. It was called like Sunday lunch at Lake Washington. And or... I'm going to be bidding on it th- this week at Sotheby's. <laughs> anyway, um, wait, but I'm not done. Okay. Uh, and then, of course, zucchini for zucchini bread. Okay, that makes sense. I, I've never made zucchini bread, but I understand that it c- includes grated zucchini. Yep. If you're making carrot cake, do you use, would you use yep. a box grater for that? I would, yep. I've never made carrot cake either, but I've eaten it. Yeah, yeah. I have a question. Have you ever grated your finger or knuckle on a <laughs> box grater, and isn't that the best, and you can't wait to do it again? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I love grating my finger on any kind of grater. Yeah. I mean, box graters are obviously I the do best think, grater, I do think but... like the classic stamped box grater is the worst one to grate your finger on because it will take like a chunk out that will bleed forever. <laughs> and and like the blood will get into the food. And like not only did you ruin your finger, you ruined your food also. Why do fingers and toes have to bleed so much? I mean, toes will just you could bleed out of your toe. I think I think it's because like they have to like do so much. And yeah, so they just they need, need a like a like steady, steady flow of oxygen and nutrients. Yeah. Uh, I know that you put here on the agenda, have you ever grated butter? And this is something I've heard about people doing in like biscuit recipes or pie dough. Uh, It's definitely a thing I've heard of. I've not tried it. Yeah. I mean, it looks, it looks appealing to like, like, it's like frozen butter, right? Yep. Um, and like, like the idea of like having little grated shreds of butter and like having them like get smooshed into, into like a pie crust sounds good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Maybe someday. All right. Well. Do we have anything else to say about box graders? You can you can see here that like one corner is like where it was where it was like fused together. Yes, right here. I think that's probably where our old one came apart. I gotta say, I think this is like one of the unsung heroes of the kitchen. I think so too. Like it's, it's just it's cheap. You could achieve all your grading needs with it. I yeah. mean, you don't need a microplane. It's no. nice, but you don't need it. 
A microplane is good for grating ginger, and I don't know if any of the sides of this are really good for that, but there are also other ginger graters. I have rasped uh, nutmeg. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, 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 yeah, I, yeah. No, I've also rasped nutmeg. That's yeah. a lot of consonants in that <laughs> phrase. <laughs> anyway, I, I like it. I think this is a real like democratic kitchen tool. Yeah, I think I think so too. Um, okay. All hail the humble box grater. Dun dun dun. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's getting knighted it is. today. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's move on to segments, including our new segment where we knight an inanimate object every week. <laughs> okay. All right. This week's spilled mail comes from listener Sky. Sky says, first off, I'd like to say that my boys, 12 and 7, are Those big, are their names. Are big fans of the show. <laughs> Don't worry, I only let them listen to the appropriate episodes. <laughs> the NSFJ tag was very helpful while it lasted. So are you going to listen, listen, let them uh, listen to this, this episode where we talked about whether or not you should maintain a fuck bed? <laughs> oh, listener Sky, uh, let's mark this one NSFJ. Okay. Okay, Abby, Abby, I think we should also mark the previous one NSFJ. <laughs> Okay. I don't remember the previous one. That was so long ago. Okay. All right. So uh, back to listener Sky's email. A few things. Number one, Molly once talked about how she wishes the rainbow nerds came separated by color, probably on the movie theater candy episode. Well, wish granted. There's a new candy called Nerds Twist and Mix that is a, con- wait, Nerds Twist and Mix that is a container with organizers like a school lunch <laughs> the tray. The first time you read it, you, you said it like the queen. Like, Nerds Twist and mix. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, a container with organizers like a school lunch tray that keeps the nerds separated by color. Finally. Oh. Finally, we can separate the nerds by color. I am so excited about this. Um, you know, listener Sky, just yesterday, um, my family was having a little like movie afternoon and uh, we got to we each got to pick out candy at Safeway. Nice. And June picked out uh, like the nerds gummy clusters. Oh, yeah. That is a really good candy. Yeah. It's sort I of, think that's a fantastic. It, does it, candy. Ha- it has like crunch sort of like those like uh uh, the well, it's it's got a soft gummy interior, right? The, the berry, like the raspberry, like like ah, uh, the Haribo, Haribo raspberries. Yes, yes, yes. But it, it but it's covered but with, with nerds. nerds. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah. Okay. The second part of Listener Sky's email. You two have got to stop recommending books to read in Now But Wow. I have a to-be-read that will never be finished, and you two consistently add fantastic recommendations to it. Do you use any book-tracking apps like Goodreads, Storygraph, etc.? Thanks, Sky, Cash, and Canyon. Okay, uh, that's a great question. First of all, yes, we will definitely stop recommending books. We're <laughs> off books. Uh, I don't use any of those things, and I just kind of forget which books I've read, and I... I think I just need to be okay with that. I used to just forget what books I had read and it never bothered me. And then I started reading a lot. I've read a lot more in the past five years than I think at any other point Mm -hmm. in my life. So I started tracking it just in Evernote because I I, I kind of didn't want to use – I don't like Goodreads because – I don't like reading all, all the other people's reviews. Oh, yeah. It's no. tr- it, it upsets me. Yeah, I don't like to go on Goodreads because I might accidentally look up one of my own books and oh. see mean things that people said about it. And oh, like, I, I, I can hardly look. If I have to link to any of my books for any reason, I do it like with my eyes like squinted shut because I uh, reading, uh, stumbling upon a bad review, which has an almost magnetic appeal to an author. Oh, sure. 
is they don't, devastating. They don't, have, they don't have reviews on bookshop.org, do they? You know, they used to, or at oh. least on some books, they have a little like kind of almost like a chart on the side oh, okay. that's like rave positive or pan or okay. rant or something. Anyway. Never mind. Whatever. Okay, but uh, Listener Sky, I keep track of it in Evernote. It's kind of a very like uh, lo-fi way of doing it. I have to remember to go in and write the book down. Sure. But, okay. Yeah, but and, it works and... for me and keeps me from being dependent on like any outside website that might have reviews. Yeah, and I like I there definitely have been moments where I'm like, eh, what was that book?" and had trouble finding it, but like I'm old and I'm not going to change now. Yeah. Yeah, I have tried using my uh so our our library's website has like a uh, a shelf where you can yeah. like mark things as read or whatever. But that's not a really reliable thing for me because number 1, not everything I read comes from the library and number 2, I don't always finish books. Yeah. And I like to, I also like to keep a record of whether I finished them or not. Sure. Anyway. All right. Well, um, hey, listener Sky, you are going to be thrilled with this week's Now But Wow. It's a book. Yes. I'm so sorry, listener Sky, but this one is really good. I'm actually in the <laughs> middle of reading it right now, and I couldn't resist. So the world does not need me to recommend uh, another Louise Erdrich book to anyone. We, all right. I think so let's all, move on to our next segment. We all know about uh, the brilliance of her work. However, uh, this book is just so good, and I'm loving it, and I grabbed it on a whim off the Peak Picks shelf. It's The Sentence. It's I'm familiar with this, but haven't read it. It's her latest book. And I have to say, part of what grabbed me about it is it's kind of like a weird ghost story. There's a ghost. Oh, like the boneless hands. Yeah. There's a ghost that is haunting a bookstore. The protagonist is a native woman named Tookie, spelled like cookie, but with a T. Okay. And Tookie is a really like colorful and super quirky narrator. Okay. I like when, that. When the book starts, she is using drugs heavily and, and you kind of have to just figure that out from like what she's telling you. And she commits a crime that is comical in its bizarreness. Okay. She's very funny. And then the book slowly, she goes to prison. She comes out of prison. That part of the book is very short. And then the kind of ghost story begins because she works in a bookstore. And the best part, is that so Louise Erdrich uh, owns a bookstore in Minnesota? Most authors do, do these days. Yes. But anyway, she is a minor character in her own book. <gasps> Because nice. Tookie works in a bookstore that is owned by a woman named Louise, who is described as looking just like the author. <laughs> anyway, um, I'm really loving it, not just because it's a great story, but because it just makes me realize I, I don't read very many books where the protagonist is a Native American. Sure. And I'm really loving how, you know... Uh, I really love it when I come upon a show, you know, this is different, but uh, when I come upon a show where a character is queer, but that's not the most important thing about them. Oh, yeah, of right? course. And that is, the, of course, I think we, we can probably, if you've read Louise Erdrich, you know this about her characters. This is a huge part of their lives, and yet they get to be whole people, too. And so anyway, I just I'm feeling really glad that I picked up this book. It's a fantastic story and it feels really fun to be inside this character's brain. Okay. The so Sentence. The Sentence by Louise Erdrich. Our producer is Abby Circatella. And uh, you can rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts. I mean, unless if someone's just like like playing this podcast like too loud on their phone on the bus, like uh, 
you you can't like review us on the bus, can you? What are you talking about? I don't know. I was it was <laughs> it was a desperate attempt to like you know just work like one last little little bit of fun into the show. We can it, still try. We've got the closing joke. Okay. All okay. Right. Well, so <sighs> you can you can chat with other spilled milk listeners. Maybe suggest some good jokes for us at reddit.com/r/everythingspilledmilk. And until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. It's been how long have we been doing this? Like twelve years. Twelve and a half. Twelve years, and a half I think. years, and and we're still maintaining separate beds. <laughs> except except when we uh, go on, on vacation. Yeah, and then sometimes we do share a bed. <laughs> All right. Okay, I'm Molly, and I'm Matthew. Hold on, I'm crunching. That's fine. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.